0: it's success happens on 9 30 WFMD blending business and politics success happens with your host jen charlton
1: good morning and welcome to success happens it is another fabulous day in the neighborhood and it's great to be with you guys i i am honored to have with me today a, a friend and somebody i admire as a leader in our community and I don't know how much you guys are following what's been going on over the last couple of weeks. And it really blew up this week on um, a couple of fronts. So today is about convergence of a couple of things. Education, healthcare, and government overreach in the form of the DOJ weaponizing against parents. It is an outrage what's going on. And I think we've all kind of said, okay, now we've had enough. Oh, heck no. Not on our turf, not with our kids. And the notion that I actually saw something on social media where it said, kids don't belong to the parents. They belong to the community. What? What? Have people seriously lost their minds? My child belongs to me and my husband and our family. And nobody has the right to supersede my decisions as a parent. So here we are. Fast forward. We find out Wednesday morning that Frederick Community College, a great institution, love FCC. I would not have my communications degree from the University of Maryland today if I had not completed my lower-level classes at FCC to do so, because I wasn't schlepping to College Park. Community college is, is imperative in our communities to provide access to education at a lower cost. And you don't have to go for your degree. You can just do continued ed. It's really cool. You're interested in something, they've got a class for it. So we want to protect that institution or the notion of that that type of an institution. Now, at some point, the institution's got to do the right thing or suffer the consequences of, you know, people withdrawing, not supporting it, not funding it, whatever. But we find out Wednesday morning and a shout out to Linda Diffenbach, who reaches out to me and she says, Jen, are you aware that there is a Board of Trustees meeting tonight and they're talking about force vaxxing the students and staff. I said, okay. She said, Will you help me? I said, absolutely. So we got together, we worked, several of us, also Natalie and Angela McIntosh, Natalie Abbas, all four of us worked together and constructed a letter that we sent to Dr. April Miller, who sits on the Board of Trustees. And it's important for you to understand, you have to speak up to your leaders. They do want to hear from you as long as you're respectful and you deal with the issues at hand. So I reached out April. I, I told her we, we were constructing this letter in which she presented that evening at the meeting, which she did. So I want to um, start with that as a background and there's a letter. At some point, I'm going to read it. But I want you to fast forward Garland Merrick decides to interject the DOJ really into the educational process. Parents have a right to go to the Board of Ed meetings and stand up and say, you know what? This is not okay what you're doing to our kids. One, you all work for us. Two, taxpayer dollars in Frederick County. And listen, we got listeners all over. Okay. But this is going to be true for most communities out there. Okay. Your educational budget. Is at about 50% of your overall operating budget in every jurisdiction? Give or take. That's your money. So who do these people think that they can decide for us? No, we decide you do what we ask. That's why we elect you. Now, one last thing, and then I'm off my high horse, and I'm going to bring April on. We're going to take a listen to some segments here of some pre recorded tape. But you have to get involved in these Board of Ed elections. Who you hire matters. And there are people who are running on these Apple ballots for Board of Ed. And by the way, Dr. Miller was on our Board of Ed, so she's very knowledgeable on this subject. Okay. People are running on these Apple ballots. It's like a push pill. Here, take this pill, and these people will do what you want them to do. No, you have no information about their positions, their policies, their stature on these things that are going to impact your kids. So you have to get involved and understand the Board of Ed candidates. And there's a number of them out there on the Republican side that we want to get in. And there's been some great work done down in Queen Anne County where they turned that board around because they stood up and said, oh, hell no, no more. So here we go. I want you to take a listen to this first cut. Three weeks ago, the National
2: School Board Association writes President Biden asking him to involve the FBI in local school board matters. Five days later, The Attorney General of the United States does just that. Does exactly what a political organization asks to be done.
1: Okay, so we're going to listen to one more. Take a listen here. What is the
2: FBI doing involving themselves in local school board matter? This is a local law enforcement issue. If there's a concern, if there's some kind of threat at the local school board meeting, that's something local law enforcement can handle, frankly, has been handling.
1: Okay, so... Merrick Garland, our attorney general, has been taking it upon himself, along with the White House, to basically weaponize now the Department of Justice. Now they're talking in they want to use the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act allows them to listen to your social media, your phone calls to spy on you. If you are somebody who's activated to make a difference for the children against the board of of Ed, that is nothing short of shocking. And we as a community have to stand up and go, oh, no. No, 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 that will not stand. Okay, so welcome to the show, Dr. April Miller. It's so great to have you with us. And let me also say that April is running for delegate. In district 4 and uh, she would be a great leader she has my full support and uh, really hope that you will represent us because I am in district 4 so you have my vote um, in Annapolis so welcome to the insanity of of, uh, uh, commie Annapolis anyway oh so go ahead so welcome and what do you have to say about all this
3: Good morning, first of all. Good morning, Frederick <laughs> County. Thank you for having me, Jen. Um, there's th- there's a lot that you were just talking about. One, from my experiences um, as a school board member, what is happening, and even the NSBA level um, letter, the examples that were cited were what we would face on a day-to-day meeting, particularly if we were talking about something contentious, right? We had policy 443. Um, we had even a lot of charter schools we've had, we had what to go. Was, what was 443? Just so people. That know. was the transgender policy. Got that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so people get a little fired people up. People get fired up. The charter schools, people got fired up. We had to go. We went dark after uh, comments got crazy about charter schools. There are, there are people that are very passionate about their kids, about education, and especially right now with the, the COVID mitigation, um, when you're talking about any kind of vaccine mandate, even the mask mandates. People are very, very um, passionate about the health and well-being of their children and as they should be. And that's what we would have at a school board meeting. You could see their passion. Um, threats, threats against any member of the community, of course a n- uh, no-brainer should absolutely be taken seriously um, by local unless law enforcement. Unless of informants. course, unless of course you're wearing a MAGA hat, then it's a pass. Then it can be, yeah. So and and what they did to um, Trump um, administration officials?
1: Oh, accosting S- them at restaurants. Yes, that was exactly. It was
3: it was terrible. Did it they was, go
1: after the restaurants? Did they weaponize the DOJ? Did they send in the Secret Service no. and call on the Patriot no. Act? No.
3: No, but Maxine Waters encouraged it, of course, oh, right, to confront crazy, them. she's crazy, but that's so, a different yeah, subject so for another day. So, yeah, so that's a whole other subject for another day, but we had at our school board meetings, we did have law enforcement there. There were there was a time period that we did not have law enforcement and then there was um, there were time periods that we did. If we felt a meeting was going to be particularly we had we involved our local law enforcement. We are partners with our local law enforcement. We have uh, school resource officers that are in our schools that do an amazing job. That program uh, is a model and the way that it's been developed by Sheriff Jenkins and the knowledge that they bring uh, has been incredible. So I, I trust that situation in the local school board to make those decisions and if there's a time where things get out of control we've had hours and hours of public comment that was a huge piece of my time on the board of ed is to allow parents to have that voice in their education and if you're trying to take that away from them because you don't agree with what they're saying they took mics away from people they dragged people they took people out of meetings. They well, shut down the, meetings. Not here, locally. I mean not locally, but Loudon. what's going on? In Loudoun they did They're it. They crazy. Out in Ohio they did it. They've done, you know, things like that. That just for expressing well, that, a different opinion about curriculum. Are you well, kidding
1: me? Oh, yeah, but in one case it was a, it was a dad. Yeah,
3: that was a ter- that was terrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. His daughter was raped yes. in school. Yes.
1: And when he found out about it, I mean I I don't even, I I don't know how to say how I would be if that were my child, Mm -hmm. but I'd Mm -hmm. be a crazy woman. Mm -hmm. You'd be hauling my butt out of Mm -hmm. there because how dare you challenge that I should not be upset given under your watch this happened to my child. Mm -hmm. So we... Anyway, I digress. So let's go back to the idea of now you're on the board of trustees. I'm on the board of trustees at FCC. Yes. Okay, great. And thank you for (laughs) your service in education and really being committed to people having access to great education. Um, and I think you're not representing them here today. You're representing yourself.
3: Correct. Yeah. As at FCC, I am, I don't speak for the board. I'm not speaking for FCC and I'm not speaking for the board of trustees. I'm speaking as myself. Okay. Very good.
1: All right. So now let's, let's take a listen to, uh, the next cut.
2: I don't think the good people of this great country are going to cower and hide. I think your memo, Mr. Attorney General was the last straw. I think it was the catalyst for a great awakening that is just getting started. Pilots at Southwest Airlines, the Chicago Police Union, parents at school board meetings, Americans are pushing back because Americans value freedom.
1: We value freedom. We really do. This is not China. This is not Venezuela. This is not Canada. This is not Australia. So parents, but not just parents. Every American at this point, I think the data is something like 60. I I posted on my Facebook. You guys should really follow me on Facebook because a lot of my um, information that I post there, they will not push. So you have to go after Mm -hmm. it and look at. Um, my Facebook page. So it's Jennifer Charlton or Success Happens with Jen Charlton. And uh, if you go on those Facebook pages, particularly my personal one, I'm covering a lot of this data and things. And it's important for you to be educated. And by the way, they do call it shadow banning for a reason. It means they haven't shut me down, but they just just don't circulate my content. Um, So that being said, there is, you know, you're listening to Success Happens right here on WFMD. And I want to thank Uh, the, The station for allowing us to bring this information to you because it's so important to get people involved. It is no longer sufficient for us to read it in a newspaper, hear it on a radio station and not act. We actually have to take action. And part of that action is going to these meetings and getting plugged into what's being said and done. How can people... Before we go in, because after the break, we'll go into the FCC situation more specifically. But how can people, April, in your in your world, plug in? I mean, they don't want to be threatened. Talk about intimidation. You pull in the DOJ, and all of a sudden you are intimidating the American public from standing
3: up for their constitutional rights. It's outrageous. It is outrageous. That that absolutely—I love what he—I love— the quote about the Great Awakening, and I really hope that's what happens in Frederick County. 100%, we have a completely Democrat Board of Education right now. You have to get involved in the local elections. I have so many people that are that have losing hope, losing hope, and, and after this, I can't even imagine how they're going to be feeling. That was before this letter came out. They're losing hope in the process and they're losing hope in their elected officials and faith and, what, and faith and what they can do. Absolutely. And how they can get involved. So you start right here, right? Right here. Right now, you start with your local school board. That is where you can have the biggest impact. That is the day to day impact on your lives are your local elections. Then you move to your county council. And your county executive and your sheriff. We need to hold the line in those offices. And then you take it to Annapolis and you elect people in Annapolis that are not going to get sucked into that swamp that can be there and that are going to stand up for you and that are going to stand up and be a voice for you.
1: Okay, so let me take us to break. We're going to... to Go listen to uh, some wonderful sponsors. I want to thank Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. And uh, KW Photography and Design, a great graphic designer and photographer, does beautiful work. And also Flamingo Pool Supply. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen. And I have with me today Dr. April Miller, who is a former Board of Education member. Uh, board member at here in frederick county she is currently a candidate for delegate in district four and she is a current member of the board of trustees at fcc so april if we can reset and just let people understand what occurred that drove the concerns that brought us to this moment about the possibility of staff and students being required to get the jab
3: okay so here's my recollection of um how this came about uh, we have board of trustees meeting every month um except for december and those agendas are usually posted the friday before our meeting um that friday uh, an agenda was posted that had discussion of vaccine protocols on it and i had heard some kind of information about, you know, possibly mandates and things like that. But I myself had not seen anything. I had not seen any emails. I had not seen any draft of anything uh, as a board of trustee member. And so, then on Wednesday, um, when people started reaching out to me to be very concerned about what was happening at the meeting, um, then that's when I started trying to find out what exactly the discussion was going to be about, and making sure that it was only a discussion item, not a voting item, um, which is which is a big deal in our world of public meetings. Um, discussion is very. Very different than action. And when you, in my opinion, when you do post something uh, for discussion only, that's exactly what it should be. Um, so it was, it was for discussion. And so that's where uh, people started to uh, send in letters and send in um, emails that the Board of Trustees all received uh, about um, you know, a particular mandate on a COVID vaccine on our campus. Um, my, it is my understanding that there was a draft policy uh, that uh, Dr. Powell, Our uh, interim president sent around to um, receive feedback on and that is where the mandate piece was introduced in a draft policy that he wanted comments on
1: okay so you're listening to dr. April Miller and so we are talking about the notion that students who by the way have a very low risk very low risk Of dying from COVID. And by the way, unfortunately, people died long before COVID of the flu every year. There were flu deaths. Not in the past year and a half. They've all been COVID. How coincidental. So, and, and I bring us back to the point that they jammed all the data together last May 2020 and called it PIC data. Pneumonia, influenza, and COVID. So they jammed it all together to drive the data point up saying, oh, my God, everybody's dying of COVID. No, some of them just died of pneumonia. Some of them died of, you know, a heart attack. Some of them got hit by a car and they coded it COVID. Everything was COVID, okay, to generate fear and compliance. Okay, now here we are fast forward and we've got a college that's getting ready to potentially harm individuals with a medication that they... May not need, okay, but it should be personal choice. There is evidence that it causes miscarriages. There is evidence that it causes myocarditis, 100%. There is evidence that it causes these vaccines I'm referring to. They, they're they not really vaccines, but whatever. We'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt for this discussion. Um, they cause blood clots. Women are getting early menstruation. Uh, and and uh, and it's affecting their s- cycles. It it's affecting uh, potentially their ability to have children. So sterilization in men. This is what we're facing. These are not Jen's opinions. This is not a conspiracy theory. It is factually based information from medical professionals. So one of the challenges we have is making sure that we protect our kids against government overreach and this idea that they must have something that actually they don't need. So, April, tell me what your thoughts are about the incentive programs that they're doing. The city of Frederick, mayor, tried to get it passed. The aldermen didn't fund it yet county is offering incentives for
3: their employees. Are they doing that at the campus? That was in the draft policy where it was an incentive for staff and students. And that is something I completely do not agree with. To me, your only incentive, and I spoke to this at the meeting, your only incentive should be what's in the best interest of your health. That should be what your incentive should be to get a vaccine and you to give a monetary. I can't even imagine giving it to students, especially like I said, we have 15, 16, 17 year old students that if we offer them the vaccine at campus do we need to get parent permission or are we going to offer them a 50 dollars chipotle gift card to get the vaccine no, or a free the, class or a free class or go into a go into a, a drawing to have free tuition for the semester so, so to but me, just the question here's the thing yeah if they're giving away money and
1: look i know educational institutions don't have money growing on trees in fact they're trying to find money all the time her funds so are, who is incentivizing them
3: so is this tied to federal dollars? The HERF funds are the, the um education relief funding from the federal government. And so that would be why you would have funding to be able to enact something like so that. So in other words, the institution has been
1: bribed by the Fed to offer these incentives to their kids to
3: make sure that they meet some compliance okay i don't think it's a compliance driven one but that would be where the funding is coming from you're I being nice i am very nice you know i'm nice anyway you are nice. i come with kindness <laughs> i love it so i won't I, yeah, i'm
1: not very nice anymore so i think that's where we're looking right now is Follow the money. I completely agree with the follow the money. So that's the essence of it. When we come back from a break, we're going to—I'm going to read the FCC letter, which was our response to this imposed, what we're going to call unconstitutional mandate, because people should have the right to choose. And by the way, to choose, you must have informed consent. You must have informed consent. That means you have to know about possible other cures— you, you should be able to choose for your body. My body, my choice, right? That's what they always say. Welcome back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today April Miller. Dr. Miller is on the Board of Trustees at FCC. And once again, I want to say that this is not intended in any way to harm FCC, but it is to hold them to account to make sure that, first of all, the students and staff have the right to choose. And uh, there's a big challenge as to whether or not it's constitutional for uh, Biden et al. to force mandates. And uh, there are cases right now, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But there are also huge uprisings across the nation in corporations and institutions who are saying, you know what, we're not doing that. Southwest Airlines, um, uh, GE, people are walking out. They're saying, we're not doing it. You just saw a whole bunch of firefighters turn in their shoes in Seattle. Again, if you go to my Facebook page, Jennifer Charlton, you'll see it there. Um, uh, so anyway, April, tell us about the meeting. We're going to start with, I want to play a quote from um, Tom Powell.
0: In the policy that I sent around, and I suggested for discussion on this campus. We said everybody, students and faculty, by January 5th Mm -hmm. had to show proof or get a waiver, wear the mask, get tested, all of that stuff. So January 5th, anticipating it.
1: Okay, so January 5th. And then we got concerned when we saw this on the agenda for Wednesday night. So
3: tell us about the meeting Wednesday. So at the meeting Wednesday, uh, we did find out um, about the policy um, that you just heard Dr. Powell talking about. And we found where it was coming from. So uh, of course, it was coming from the statements that President Biden made about, um, especially from federal employees, you know, being requiring vaccinations. And then so that led to the discussion of it's going to come in the form of an OSHA regulation. Because Maryland has signed on to follow OSHA regulations through MOSHA, um, that we would be responsible for following the OSHA regulations that come down. So that's where we are. They have not been written yet. They have not been passed down to us. They're expecting something in the next 30 to 60 days. So at that point, we may need to reassess and readdress from OSHA, from OSHA. Right. And then that would go to motion. We'd find out what Maryland was doing with Governor Hogan. Waited. So there's so many more steps before we get to any kind of policy, in my opinion, that we're kind of ahead of it. So that's why we kind of put this all on hold uh, from from where that.
1: But so it's policies- important. It's important for listeners to understand, though, that now is the time for your voice to be heard. Correct. You must speak up to your current delegates and senators. You must reach out. I recommend you reach out to the governor's office. They Mm -hmm. have a constituent services uh, department. You ought to reach out to them and say, you know what, I'm not okay with what you're doing. You must be heard. You got to weigh in, guys. So, back to the
3: um, the meeting. Mm-hmm. What was the temperature in the room? Well, so then we found out. So the OSHA regulations then would only apply to employees. That would not apply to students. And so the temperature around the room then was well. We don't have many cases on campus. We know that there's a lot of um, side effects from the vaccine for students. Um, we know that there's a case against the university of Maryland. And oh, by the way, it's people have died from this thing. Yeah. So, and there's, there's, um, changing, uh, vaccine requirements in Europe as far as for young men, especially. So we know all of these, these things. And so as far as students go, there did not seem to be from the board of trustees. Again, that's, this is just my opinion on listening to what people said there did not, Uh, seem to be any urge to mandate for students a vaccine
1: and by the way let's also bring into the discussion that the tests have been severely flawed the tests are getting ready to get changed in i believe december why not now oh because it supports a narrative that they want to drive to force people to vax right there's no integrity in the way this has been handled Fauci, uh, okay, um, apparently Brad Young's available for call-in. So if we'll open up the phone lines, we'll let Brad know he can try back in. That's awesome. Um, so we reached out to him and to also uh, Dr. John Molesworth, who's on the on the board of trustees. I don't know if uh, Dr. Molesworth's available, but we appreciate his uh, service on that board as well. So back to um, You know, we have. So anyways, is Brad there? Do we have him yet? Not yet. So, um, April, Mm -hmm. with regard to the temperature in the room, do you think that people see this as a necessary step given the controversy? And by the way, there's a case right now against University of Maryland on behalf of students and staff. It is a massive class action lawsuit. And I am in touch with Jennifer Lester, the attorney on the case, and I believe she's going to be available on our show next week. Excellent. After they do a major filing. So why don't we uh, discuss, if we can, how, how do we protect the kids? Because right now the dangers are so severe. And the, the possibility, you know, these there was a kid in Easton I heard about. I don't know him personally who was an athlete, young athlete, had a promising future ahead of him. Scholarships for college. He's a teenager. Got myocarditis. Lost his scholarship. This We're mucking with their futures and their dreams over what? 0.003 at best. It might be less than that because that's really for including elderly and all of that. So in U.K., 70 percent, it just came out, 70 percent of the cases of COVID are double vaccinated people.
3: Let that sink in. And hospitalizations here, I thought, were 30 percent of hospitalizations. but
1: So in other words, it ain't working anyway. Mm-hmm. So why would we put our students at risk of losing their futures, their dreams, maybe their life? All for what? So you can say you've got everybody vaccinated and you can rubber stamp something like got that done. So anyway, back to this idea that in December, the PCR tests will change. Why not now? We should demand right now that we have the proper testing in place and quit waiting for someday so that they can continue to push the vaccination. And I have with me today Dr. April Miller, who is on the FCC Board of Trustees, and she's here representing her own ideas and um, uh, thoughts about where we are in mandating students and staff at that institution. In the meantime, we've gotten Brad Young, a good friend who's called in, also a Board of Ed uh, member. Hey, good morning, Brad.
0: Good morning. How are you doing?
1: Good. Thank you so much for availing yourself. I know you stepped out of something to come be with us, and we always appreciate your voice on such things. So can you tell us your thoughts on this idea of mandating these students and staff without giving them, uh, you know, frankly, the choice of what they want? If somebody wants it, go ahead. But we should not be mandating this on kids when it's as controversial and potentially harmful as it is.
0: And that's where I'm at. I, again, am not for requiring a mandate of the vaccine. Uh, and so that's where our board has been so far as well. <clears throat> we have not required it of staff or of students. And I don't think that, that I'm aware right now there's a, a a majority that want to do that.
1: Excellent. Well, and, and just to be clear, you're, you're a Democrat, April's a Republican, and we can agree on some things, can't we?
0: We absolutely can. And again, I've chosen to get vaccinated. I've already gotten my booster and I felt that that was an appropriate choice for me based on my age and my medical status, having uh, a condition that makes um, me more prevalent to getting a bad case. So I chose to get the vaccine and I'm happy with that decision. But I, I do believe that that's a decision that each person needs to make.
1: Awesome. Well, I I really appreciate you you uh sharing that. Now, what do you think um about this whole thing with uh the National School Board Association. While I've got you, I really want you to weigh in on on this nonsense that they're going to weaponize the DOJ against parents. I mean, what the hell?
0: Yeah, I mean again, I I think our objective should be getting as many kids in school and educated as possible. I visited a school last week and Unfortunately, students are still struggling from uh, what they went through last year, and we need more kids in school, not less. And so doing anything that will uh, increase the amount of kids that potentially won't be in class, whether that's through not letting them in because we mandate a vaccine, or through quarantining again our board was proactive we reduced our quarantining uh, requirements to get many more kids back in school we have to get kids back in school get them the supports they need both educationally and emotionally
1: i i'm so glad you said the emotionally because i just made a note here what about depression i mean these kids have have really been suffering it's through the roof through
0: the roof and we're trying to provide as many resources as we can uh, to help that. But it's uh, unfortunately, the demand's greater than the resources that we have in many cases. So we're doing everything we can. But uh, sending kids home is not going to help or isolating them or, or bringing them in a situation where they can't uh, come back into the school is not going to help things. So I, my opinion is we have to do everything we can to get kids in school as much as possible.
1: So access to education and socialization, that's what we're here to do. Right, and
0: that's why Frederick County was one of the first counties to get kids back in the sports, back in the activities. Now, I, I would say again, air uh, right now for participation in sports, uh, we we don't require a vaccination. However, those that aren't vaccinated um, in order to be able to play those sports without masks, which is what we should be doing, uh, are subject to a screening that they would be given at their convenience at the school on a weekly basis.
1: Well, I have, I have some serious concerns about these tests. I think that it, these, these screenings could be, uh, um, I, I, I don't know if they're harmful, but I, I have some real concerns about continually testing. I, I don't think that's right. the right answer either, but, but one thing we know, and I, I will tell you personal friend, personal friend, got pneumonia, you ready for this, from the mask. Mm -hmm. Harboring all that bacteria gookie in the mask brings on other conditions that are maybe more harmful to these kids than COVID. So, you know, I think, um, and, and oh, by the way, this individual was told, uh, that, you know, he should go home and wait a couple weeks. Well, had he have his pneumonia would have been so bad, you know, it would have been a very different outcome as it was. He went and got proper treatment from America's frontline doctor and that person in three days healed him. So, you know, we need to get real about what are the real issues and stop putting our kids at risk while we're trying to figure out our politics about it. That's a statement. you have a thought? (laughs) And then I'll let you go.
0: Yeah, like I say, I I don't want to get into the uh, political part of it. And to me, it's it's doing everything we can to get kids back in school, get them in class, getting them the supports that we need. And as as you know, and as April knows, any board uh, to get anything done requires four votes. I've done everything I can consistently to get kids back. And sometimes, unfortunately, that's Uh, Required compromise on certain things to get as much as you can. Uh, And so, uh, again, there are people that will uh, disagree with positions that were taken. Uh, But sometimes, again, it's negotiations to get four people to support as much as you can get. And that's what I've tried to do throughout the pandemic in getting students back is trying to find a way of getting a majority of the board to support doing as much as we can and, and that's all, sometimes includes uh, the requirement of doing compromise.
1: Understood. Understood. Thank you, Brad. You're the best. Appreciate you calling in. You're welcome. I got to jump thank-
0: back in the class. All right.
1: Thank you. Take care. Bye. Okay. So thoughts, April, about what, what Brad is saying. You know, it is. It's about access. It's about educating our kids the very best we can. And in the process, having them enjoy learning. I mean, my goodness. What happened to it's fun to learn? It's become like traveling on an airplane become pain in the neck. you know it shouldn't be like that.
3: It should be a joy to learn it should it absolutely should and and you know there were there were some advantages to being at home. I, my son did find his joy to learn from doing online classes from a a university so there are actually there were positive and there's a lot of negative and we are actually going to have a joint meeting with FCC uh, and the board of trustees and FCPS coming up on November 3rd and we're going to talk about these very issues that Brad was bringing up we're going to talk about some of the uh, mental impact that it's had on our the socio-emotional learning that it's had on uh, impact that it's had on our students
1: well I love that there's a collaboration between FCC and FCPS so Frederick County Public Schools for those who aren't from this area, who are listening to the show, we're with Dr. April Miller, who is uh, a candidate for delegate here, as well as a former board member and currently sits on the FCC a uh, board of trustees. So, I want to read the letter that we sent because I think it's important for you to understand what kind of back to what we were saying is you got to get involved. Mm-hmm. And I never thought in my life, in my little stilettos and crown, I would be an activist. And I've become that. And Absolutely. it's very moving to me because I feel like if I don't do something, I'm part of the problem. All right, so here we go. And, and again, this was um, really prompted by Linda Diffenbach. Um, So here's the letter we sent to April uh, and the board. of. uh, So dear members of the FCC Board of Trustees, it has come to our attention that you intend to discuss, quote, vaccination protocols, end quote, at this month's board meeting being held today, October 20 at 530 on campus. We understand that this meeting is not open for public comment at the campus meeting, but rather is accepting input from the public via virtual call in only. Further, we understand this agenda was made public last Just last Friday, this is simply not enough time to provide proper public notification for public input to meet the concerns of the community staff, students, and funders. The controversial nature of the data and the various reporting of negative outcomes, including myocarditis, blood clotting, menstrual irregularities, anaphylaxis, infertility, miscarriages, heart attacks, shingles, and other medical crises makes it imperative what we didn't add in there is death because it does kill people, makes it imperative to have public comment on any proposed protocols or mandates for medical vaccinations. There is much controversy due to the withholding of information about proven treatment and prophylactic protocols. Therefore, the lack of information and the forcing of vaccinations on individuals, including students and staff at FCC, must be null and void. There simply is insufficient information to constitute, quote, informed consent. End quote. And thereby violates the U.S. Constitution and Nuremberg Code. Therefore, it cannot stand that any educational institutions be given the power and authority to subvert medical decision making of the individual affected. As of 10-8-21, VAERS reports 16,766 deaths attributed to medication therapies by Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J, given as a vaccination against COVID-19. Many medical doctors are clear that the death rate of our youth as a result of COVID-19 does not warrant the risk and damaging effects of the vax. Given the low mortality rate of youth from COVID-19, the risk of the vax far exceeds the risk of the illness. And then we go on to discuss the different cases. New York City teacher vax mandate was overturned. Western Michigan University student athlete uh, mandate in the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals case was thrown out. Northern Texas public health professionals versus FDA in process. And the University of Maryland, which we've already mentioned, is in process. So we asked them to uh, essentially, let me just, there's just two small paragraphs here and I think it wraps it up. Given the agenda was published last Friday, there is insufficient public notification to confront the issue with full transparency. Given the magnitude of this potential medical mandate and concerns across the county and community of the dangers to our youth and staff, we respectfully request that discussion be moved to a public forum with live public comment sufficient to deal with this issue properly, effectively, and transparently. Lastly, we request that full medical data and information on the vaccinations treatment and outcomes as well as other treatment protocols be brought forth for discussion so that individuals may make an informed decision about their health care frederick community college and its representatives including the board of trustees is
3: hereby put on notice that any mandate will
1: not stand
3: (laughs) i read that during my board of trustees comments and i had i had already come very, very clearly earlier that I am not for any kind of student mandate. And you said it beautifully at the end of, of the letter as far as informed consent. And the institution itself doesn't know the health of the students, the families know that, right? The the parents, we have 16 year olds on our campus. We have 15 year olds. We have dual enrollment courses in our high schools. That would impact all that. We also have older students on campus. So we have an incredibly high vaccination rate. We have a very low uh, incident rate of, of COVID infections right now. You so, say high, high uh, vaccination of right? staff, you mean? Of staff. We don't yeah. know the vaccination right. rate of the students. And there's so much more information that you would need um, before you would impose any kind of mandate Again, which I'm completely against uh, any kind of student mandate on the students, especially.
1: OK, so lastly, we have with me today my father, who's a constitutional attorney, and I'm going to give him the opportunity because he's been oh itching, my, itching, itching, itching <laughs> to do so. Here he goes. So we're going to have dad mention what his thoughts are on the constitutionality of forcing a a, uh, a vax mandate on youth that could potentially kill him.
0: Well, my comment is this. As an auditor of great experience, the first thing you have to start off with is what good is a vaccination that doesn't protect you and which has a cure or at least a, a protocol where the death rate is zero? The
1: whole thing is nonsense. And a fraud, that makes it illegal for all purposes. Okay, so there you have it. You heard it from the constitutional attorney, uh, my dear old dad. And I'll tell you when you when you look at this idea that uh, just to wrap up, right, April. And it's really I appreciate you being here because it was uh, a, a request that you you got yesterday, and you said yes, I'll do it. And I, I just thank you so much. What do you think? We need to do to stand up for the rights of the people, students, staff, parents. And frankly, even medical professionals, I mean, and first responders, my I have a deep, deep concern about our first responders. So uh, and actually what I think we're going to have to do is have you come back because I just got the signal (laughs) at the top of the show. And, you know, so any final thoughts about that?
3: I agree with you 100 percent. There are people that were heroes. At the beginning of this that know the impacts of this vaccine they know whether they have inf- informed consent informed choice they know what is right for them and they are being forced into a situation where they now have to leave their jobs leave their careers leave their work it's leave outrageous their life works their passion because of not following these mandates
1: Yeah, they were good enough to treat and take care of us in the middle of it. And now at the end of it, we're going to say they don't know what they're doing. So listen, everybody, you're listening to Success Happens. Join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. on Free Talk 930 WFMD.